You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. The Bible says that we're to be thankful in every situation. But my mother died, or my son died, or my dog died. We understand this. This is life, and it hurts. But because God is on His throne, and He knows what He's doing, we don't. We lean on Him, and we give Him thanks because He knows, and He cares. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. And so as we consider this, let's look now at the goodness of God, verse 4. So he says in that fourth verse, or do you, you ought to circle those three words, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Those are three attributes of God. And then there's a comma right there, and then there's a strong statement, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, this is a remarkable statement. Boy, we could have a tremendous time with this just on the goodness of God alone. God is good, the Bible says. And because God is good, his goodness demands some things of us. Uh, I think you know this. Jesus was ministering. It's in the Gospels. And as Jesus is ministering, um, what is known as the rich young ruler? Have you ever heard of him before, the rich young ruler? Now, you have to read all of the Gospels to get the understanding that he's rich, he's young, and he has authority. There's not one Gospel that says he's a rich young ruler. You've got to read them all about the same guy. This guy appears in three of the Gospels. He's wealthy. Listen, girls. He's wealthy. He's young. And he has authority. Oh, if I could just find one of those. <laughs> well, this guy had no room in his heart for anyone else except what he wanted, and that was his wealth, his youth, and his power. And he comes running to Jesus, and he says, Good master, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him elements of the law. Remember that? You need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And Jesus is setting, up, setting the guy up completely because the guy counters Jesus and says, 
All these things you speak of, I've done since my youth. So clearly, ladies, this is not the guy you want to meet. He's an idol in his own mind. He's a legend in his own mind. He's quite impressed with himself. Jesus then turns to him and says, and he goes after his idols. But Jesus qualifies and he says, why do you come to me and call me good? Jesus says, there's only one good, and that is God. Jesus was actually trying to provoke the man to confession. What would have been awesome is for the young man to say, I I called you good master because it's obvious that you alone are God in skin. It's clear who you are. You're the manifest word of God. But he didn't do that. The Bible says he wound up leaving and walking away from Jesus because he loved what he had. The word good is reserved for God alone. Now, you and I live in a culture, we can't even relate to that. We say our tacos were good. Uh, You know, that's good. The other thing's good. The old English, by the way, um, remember how the the old English used to spell like goodbye, uh, G-O-O-D-B-Y-E, right? Things like that, spelling old English. Listen, when we say good morning, did anybody say good morning to you this morning? Did you say good morning to anybody? You know what you were saying, according to the ancients? God be with you this morning. That's what good morning means. Good afternoon. Good afternoon means God be with or God be in your afternoon. Tonight, when you lay down and you say good night to somebody, God be in your night. That's what it means. But we've lost touch with that, right? So when we say good morning, good night, good master, God is good. Technically, God is good because good is the manifestation of God's nature. And the Bible says, just to make it clear, there is none good, no, not one. That's why we need him. So as we look to this church, mark it down if you would, verse 4, we learn this, that we as believers, how are we to be regarding the goodness of God? We are to be the opposite of the world, and that means we are to be thankful believers. Can you write that down? Thankful believers. Christians, thankful believers. Now the opportunity is increasing every day for you and I to be thankful believers. Please hear me. You've been tempted this week, I know. We have been bombarded with people telling us their story and what's happening with their schools, with their employment, in the military, medicine, union. And you're being told, if you don't take the shot, you're going to be fired. And so we're talking to attorneys, and we have an exemption form. I don't know if you know that or not, but we have a religious exemption form on our website that you can download and print out, and people are doing that, and we have two different uh, versions of that. And uh, I don't know, call me dumb, but I thought uh, religious exemption you should be able to get from a church. But some churches don't think that they should issue religious exemptions. So what? It is our First Amendment right as Americans. You should know that. And Paul the Apostle, if he lived today, he would exercise his First Amendment rights. How do we know? Because he exercised his Roman rights to advance the gospel. But in this case, your livelihood is at stake. I had somebody uh, tell me this weekend, two days ago, 
that 33 years of working for a certain global corporation, they were threatened by that corporation that they were going to lose so much percentage in pay and that their pension was going to be reduced, their retirement was going to be punished if they didn't comply. Now, that is against the law in anybody's book. So I reached out to an attorney and I said, hey, this guy I know is being attacked. What do you say about this? And he said, you know where we're at? This is where we're at. He said, in any other world, this would be completely illegal. But now it appears we have no rights any longer as we once enjoyed. You say, how does that relate to this message? This way. We need to be thankful believers. The reason, listen, the Bible tells us to be thankful. Why? Because there's the temptation to be unthankful. It, listen, to be a thankful believer is to look around at the world that's imploding in every direction. Which way you look around, it doesn't matter. And we need to choose to be thankful. The moment you and I start to grumble and gripe and complain, we are literally grumbling and griping and complaining against God. And you're not going to want to do that. You'll see in a, why in a moment. Thankful. thankful. To be thankful is a choice. You have to choose to do that. God is good. When is God good? All the time. Then when should I be thankful? Always. The Bible says that we're to be thankful in every situation. But my mother died, or my son died, or my dog died. We understand this. This is life. And it hurts. But because God is on his throne, and he knows what he's doing, we don't. We lean on him, and we give him thanks because he knows, and he cares. He's the one that is unpacking all of this in life. And let me tell you something. You're not going to get this on media. You're not going to get this on Wikipedia. And you're not going to get this on Snopes or fact checkers. Listen, there's people, I watched it. I, I watched it. There's people, the Christians are being exterminated in Afghanistan, and they're going to their death. The reporter, I believe the reporter was from India, reading the subtitles, video going. These Christians this week in Afghanistan, these are not Americans. These are Afghan born-again believers who are quietly, with grandma, grandpa, child, mom, and dad, quietly walking to their slaughter. No, they're not screaming, freaking out, and running around. And the, the woman reporter in the subtitles, and she says, and they're singing, they're singing songs to their death. And you, look, and you look up in American media, they're saying, it's not true. It's not true. Of course it's not true. It'll make, it'll make certain political leaders in power not look good. My point is this. If they can be singing songs as families marching to their death like it's Auschwitz, 21st century. Then the loudest praise and worship ought to be coming from a free people who sit in comfort in Southern California. We have no excuse. God is so good to us. With all that's going on in this state and all the things that are happening and the incredible homelessness and all the, the filth and the ugliness. We should be thankful because, I'll tell you what, be thankful. Heaven doesn't look like the 405 freeway. Heaven doesn't look like South Central. Heaven doesn't look like downtown LA or San Francisco. You ought to be thankful for that. 
Thank God this world is not our home, but we're here for now. And we need to be a thankful people. You know, the world might sit up and ask us, what's with you? You're thankful. You just, you bowed your head there and you guys prayed over your meal. What are you guys thankful about? Thankful for our meal. Thankful for our ability to eat it. Yeah, but are you aware of what's going on in the world? Of course I am. That's why we're thankful. Right? Think about that. If they can be thankful marching into heaven, we can be thankful sitting down in comfort. But we need to be a thankful group of believers. And he he warns us here. Look at verse 4. You circle the word despise. It says in verse 4, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? The word despise means to think little of or lightly of. This is a tough one for us to swallow, everybody. Listen carefully. This hurts. It means to dismiss or, be, or to be disrespectful regarding something that, is, that has been bestowed upon us as good. It means to take things for granted. How many of you have children? Hang on. Let me think now. We have, how many of us have children over 13, over 12, over 13? Raise your hand. I think that's fair. Over 12 or 13? Maybe... Over 12, 12 or 13, by the way, Mark Twain said, when you have teenagers, when they reach the age of 13, he said, put, them, put your teenager in a 55-gallon barrel <laughs> and put a lid on it, but there's a hole in that barrel. And he said, feed your teenager through the hole. And then he said, when that teenager reaches the age of 21, seal up the hole. <laughs> That's Mark Twain's parental book 101. But there's, a kid reaches a certain age when, the, when the, they begin to think that money falls from the sky. And they think there's this machine, just pull out that piece of plastic and stick it in the machine, the money comes out. Why can't I have more money? Uh, and then when you try to tell them about life, they don't like you anymore. And there's a lot that you can do, but there's one thing you cannot do anything about. And that is when your child becomes unthankful for what you've poured into them. It's the number one pain to a parent. Is when that child can no longer not even think about saying thank you. Doesn't even enter their mind. What happens? They expect it. They didn't think about it. It's automatic. And for the Christian, when we have that kind of an attitude toward God, when we are not thankful by actual verb action, to go through the movement of thankfulness. Then what happens is we are actually despising the goodness of God. And there's not one of us in this house that would say, I don't despise his goodness. Let me ask you this. How thankful are you? Are you profusely thankful of his goodness? I think if we were, we'd look like a bunch of crazies. First service, before service, one of the security detail guys, it was so sweet. He's just so turned on for Jesus. And he said, you know what? You know what? He's all fired up. You know what? I've noticed lately, the birds are singing louder. They're louder. <laughs> well, I wake up, they're louder at my house. And he said, it seems to me everything's greener. You know what's happening to him? What's happening to him is what's happening to him. The trees aren't greener. Those birds didn't say, hey, can you, you guys, let's turn it up. This guy needs a little boost. 
His heart's changing. Listen, that's, that's walking with Christ. You get closer, the sky's bluer. You get closer, the trees are greener. The things about God are more wonderful. And the things about this world from man against us, it doesn't all matter that much. It's remarkable. Thankful believers. We need to be careful. We do not despise. Listen to Isaiah 51. This is an awesome passage. And I'm wondering, you know what? Are those Christians in Afghanistan reading this today or tonight? God says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Wow. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies? Is somebody bullying you? Somebody intimidating you? Is somebody saying, we're going to cut your head off? Remember this. What, God says, what are you afraid of? That's only a man talking. Man, think of the day. He said, well, I don't know. That's pretty serious stuff. Just wait. The day, the day that God begins to move his pinky finger on earth, the tyrants of this world will fall down. And look what else he says. And of the son of man who is made like grass... People, what are you afraid of? Verse 13, that you have forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth that you fear continually all day long because of the fury of the oppressor. God is saying, knock it off. I'm God, you belong to me and you don't need to fear people. You and I have been, listen, the world out there is trying to get you under its thumb. The world wants to snap its finger and you crumble in fear. Facebook says, you say something, we're going to yank you off. Listen, I can't believe we're still on. Don't, don't, so what are you, listen, what are you saying? If you don't act like us, we're pulling you. Well, I don't want to act like you. Think about it. The, the Bible says the fear of, the, of man is a snare. No, we're to be Thankful. The apostles were arrested and thrown in jail. And in the middle of the night, they were singing praises and thanks to God. And it drove the uh, Roman jailers, the Philippian jailers, crazy. The world needs to see some thankfulness. Whatever you're going to do today after service, you're going to go to lunch or whatever you're going to go do, whatever you go do, be thankful about it. And Bow your head. If we go to the restaurant and bow our head, people are going to see us. You're catching on. <laughs> You're catching on. If you want to freak them out, set your Bible right there. Watch them look at it. I tell you what, you put your Bible on your table, they'll take your order, they'll get you served, and they'll get you out of there like that in record time. being thankful you cannot fathom the goodness of God that should make you confident excited the goodness of God this Jack Hibbs podcast as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities are listener supported will you consider partnering with us through a special gift go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.